0: So this was a really interesting discussion that I had with Stu today. It it made me realize that when we're looking at our leadership and performance, there are certain tools that we can have. And and Stu just li- literally just pulled out like four or five tools out of his bag. And I went, oh my goodness, I could so use that. So I encourage you to to listen to this. There's some things that, that we can use day in, day out. We cover a whole raft of topics from, Um, what does it mean What's imposter syndrome, um, understanding how we can influence people and then also how do we make rest and how do we ensure that we fulfill all of the parts of our lives. So I encourage you to listen all the way through. Um, Stu is an incredibly interesting, um, speaker and I learned a lot today. Today's guest is Stu Wright, who is a partner at Giant London. And they're experts in relational intelligence, and we're going to be discussing what is it that stops us from reaching our full potential as leaders. I'm Tony Wood from CEO, Collaborative Forum, and let's hear CEO Reflex. Stu, a very, very warm welcome to you.
1: Hi, Tony, and hi, everyone listening at CEO CF. Great to be on this recording today and looking forward to a great conversation about leadership i I was really really happy when we were preparing for this there was one of the things that
0: we were talking about you know how can we make or how can we help leaders reach their full um potential and it's always a a tricky subject so i mean maybe let's look at it from um from the other side is why does
1: underperforming and and how does it affect it what what does underperforming affect us in in what way? yeah that's no, a great it's a great question tony and i've i've deliberately just pulled up here on the screen a, a little tool that um i'd love to share with us because i think it really does answer that question and then perhaps share a little story to to make the point so it it if we might be underperforming in one area of our life and performing well in another area, and the issue is that that can still pull down the area that we're performing quite well in eventually. So what this little tool that I've got on the screen shows you is that there are different spheres or circles in which we lead all the time. Now, all of us are having to lead ourselves, and that's really at the center. And and, and really the, the way we lead in the other circles in our life really depends on how well we're leading ourselves because we're, if, we're, if we're not very um, intentional about looking after ourselves, about being places on time, about our intellectual learning, our knowledge base, our skills base, then we're going to struggle in all the others anyway. But, but the next circle out is family. And right. that's going to be different for everybody. That, that could be um, somebody who's unmarried, but they've got parents or doesn't have a partner. Or it could be someone with a partner. It could be someone with children. You know, we've got people around us. And how are we leading in our families? How are we being a, an intentional leader there? Uh, our team, uh, that's um, in our work environment. Uh, we're going to be in a team, whether that's a senior team, whether we're a CEO leading a team, or we're we're in a team in an organisation in some way. There's leadership there. Then there's the organisation that we're part of. And lastly, the community. And, and what this says is really that it, it, we, we don't want to be accidental. Because when a leader is accidental, they're kind of relying on, well, I hope I'm leading OK. I hope I'm leading OK in my family. And hope's not really... a a, a strategy for success. I I hope I'm leading my team okay. I hope I'm leading my organization. No, not really good enough. We need to be intentional. Now it might be, and this is how it relates to to my story and and really it's a story of failure, but something that I've learned from Tony, is that it might be you're leading incredibly well in your team or in your organization, but actually in your family life or even amongst yourself in yourself, things are not going very well at Mm -hmm. all. Uh, And and this was certainly the case for me for a number of years, because uh, as um, you know, Tony, and and, uh, now everyone is, I'm going to be outed. Uh, I'm actually, (laughs) uh, um, I'm still ordained as a priest. Millions and millions and millions of people are going to know now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a priest in the Church of England. And a lot of my working life uh, prior to going into leadership consultancy was as, as a priest. And um, the, our last post some years ago was in West London, and it was a large church. Uh, it was an absolute joy to lead. Um, we had um, hundreds of people, multiple congregations in in uh, six different languages. So it was a. R- it felt like the UN. Actually, it was leading a little United <laughs> Nations, and I loved it, Tony. And we had a cracking awesome. team, br- brilliant volunteers, and amazing community work going on. Absolutely thriving. But here's the thing, my family was suffering. Okay. My, my children were struggling in the local schools. And my wife, who's been very honest about this publicly, was struggling with some mental health issues at the time. And even though the, the work was brilliant, and it was thriving, and you know we were getting all kinds of accolades from the council and others about what we were doing, mm-hmm. actually, my family was going down. And I just wasn't able to give the time to it because I was requiring so much of my time uh, in in that job, and actually, what happened in the end is that circle of influence brought down the others. Because in the end, Sorry. I realised we could not continue the way we were, and I couldn't quite make the changes. And for us, that meant actually leaving uh, full time ordained ministry to to change careers. <clears throat> now, it doesn't uh, have I m- m- qu- m-
0: m- m- yeah. Ask a quick question about that because yes. when I mean when when, when the leaders and, and the people who are listening um to this how do they know when they've when it's gone too far how do they know when they're out of out of balance or too far out of balance how 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 would
1: one figure that yeah. out yeah well I think I mean in your family usually people are quite vocal about how you're doing oh. <laughs> and what what's okay. not working or what is working and we we just need to be attentive to that I think Mm-hmm. Um, usually, and particularly the work environment as well, there's there's usually feedback that if we're, again, intentional to the feedback that's coming back, if we're not performing right. as we should, that should be coming back to us in some form of healthy, sensible communication. And, and I guess the question is, are we listening or are we driving on regardless saying, no, this is my approach and, and we don't listen and we continue. And I think I did that with the blinkers on for too long, Tony. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's the answer, but the point, what, what, uh, sorry, I was going to say what, why uh, I'm
0: just really interested in this. Why do you feel that people do that? I mean, cause yeah, I see this a lot in myself, you know, I will just focus in and I'll, I'll go on what's driving that. What, what's, what's yeah. driving that kind of, oh, I must do this.
1: Yeah. I, that's a great question. And I, I and I think there are multiple reasons for it. And ultimately, I think it's us doing the hard work of owning why. So it could be, for example, in my case, it was a lot related to my personality. Okay. so uh, i'm i'm a pioneer in terms of the five voices systems that we we've looked at before on C O C F and and that could, means could, that, could you
0: could you explain for people who've who, who yeah. are listening for the first time and and don't know
1: the the five yeah. voices what's the five voices yes so five voices is a way of understanding your own personality right. wiring and how that relates to others and and in my, in my case, there are five different personalities that everybody has a combination of all five, but usually okay. has a lead personality. And for me, my lead personality is pioneer. Now that sounds right. all very exciting. Oh, he's a pioneer. But actually it, it, comes, with me. Me, it comes with some challenges because okay. pioneers are very good at seeing the future and driving for results. Uh, and a lot of that, um, particularly in me at the time was was to do with reputation and to do with achieving certain goals that I felt were linked to success and achievement, mm-hmm. and the reality was there was a lot of me in that right. and and I had to face some of that and go, hang on a minute, as I'm driving for those goals, what are the re- what's the relational damage that I'm leaving in my wake okay. and and that was that was a real learning point for me as a leader, and probably one of the reasons why I help leaders think that through now. Because I want to save them from some of those those tragedies that can come. Fortunately, it wasn't a tragedy for us because we 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 changed early enough. So thanks, thanks, Tony. Yeah, do you want to?
0: No, because I yeah, because I think because one of the things with that is that a lot of the times that sometimes, especially us as leaders and entrepreneurs, failure is a way to success because we're constantly having to deal with problems and issues, and sometimes they don't go right. So I think that even those things don't work out the way we want them it's how do we learn and how do we adapt and i think that's one of yes. the the key differentiators is you see a problem the challenge is when you don't see it so i was really happy you just explained that because i wanted sometimes it's trying to figure out what am i not seeing because i'm doing really well and yes. i'm getting all of this stuff but i'm not seeing that maybe something is a little bit of out of balance and and i, and I think that's the tricky bit i, mean, I for think me you're anyway right.
1: I agree with that Tony 100% and I think that's why this tool is actually quite helpful because what you can do is you can look at this tool and say okay "Okay, let me look at all the circles in which I'm a leader and and here's the question which circle am I the weakest in at the moment interesting okay and what do I therefore need to do to be more intentional and not just accidental in that circle right and that could be with your team, your organisation. It could be any of those circles. But what's the one? What's the one circle that you think actually, if I don't perform better in that circle, it's going to pull down all the others? Hmm. And what, therefore, do I need to do? So that's a good question okay. for those listening to to think about and take away.
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: Thank you. So, I mean, wh-
0: one of the things that, that that drives people a lot is maybe the feeling that they're not enough um, or imposter syndrome. Yes. Is is that something
1: that you've done a lot of work on? Um, I I wouldn't say it's something I've done an awful lot of work on, but I would definitely say this is something that I would like to talk about and something that impacts me and has impacted me throughout my life. Um, So, yes, great question. As you can see, I've put up on, on the screen another little Uh, tool for us to think about related to that question
0: so so, so for people who are listening um, there's a, a slide with inhibition and prohibition so inhibition on the left and prohibition on the right so on the left it's limiting beliefs and on the right enforced restrictions
1: yes so there's a difference between inhibition and prohibition let me give you an example so prohibition if i said to you tony i've decided to become a professional footballer And at the age of 50, you might say to me, Stu, listen, mate, I I know you're pretty healthy, you're pretty fit, you can kick a ball, but the chances of you becoming a professional footballer at 50, that's an enforced restriction, mate. That's a prohibition. It's not going to happen. But if I said to you, um, I have an inhibition about um, going into some very influential positions of, of businesses and charities and governments around the world where I get to speak to them about their leadership strategy. And sometimes I don't feel I'm enough. Sometimes I doubt whether I've got the expertise to truly help them. You might say to me, Stu, that sounds more like a limiting belief than it does an enforced restriction. And I would say, you're absolutely right. Doesn't it? It, 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 it doesn't stop it from from feeling like I'm an imposter and that I don't belong, but it's a, a limited belief. So let me let me give you an example of where this can come from in our lives. Mm. So in my in my life, Tony, I grew up in in South London, and um, my father was a butcher. Uh, my oh, mum wonderful. stayed at home to look after me. I'm a third generation butcher's son. So <laughs> working oh, okay. class family one thing I know how to do is carve at Christmas time. Give me that turkey, I can carve it. My dad taught okay. me really well. Okay. Um, but it was interesting because I was the first one in my family to go to university and, um, and then I, I did engineering and then eventually, you know, I became a priest and, then, and now I have um, a leadership organisation that I'm uh, involved in leading. But the, the journey was such that it, when I'm in, in the room with some of these incredible leaders from around the world, that, that little nagging thought comes to me, you're just the butcher's son, Stu. Yeah. What are you oh, doing here? Okay. What are you yeah. doing here? You're just the butcher's son. And it's in those moments where I have to remember, actually, no, that I, do, I have been doing this for some time. I actually do have something to say. I have actually got something that could truly help people. And I wonder if there's a number of people listening to this who go, oh my goodness, yeah, that, those, those limiting beliefs come and attack me in those moments and it's in those moments and, and leading up to those moments, preparing for those moments that we need to go, hang on a minute. Actually, I, I, I need to remember the elephant I've become, if you can excuse the phrase, that actually I've grown over the years. I have got something to contribute. And uh, I think that having, having that confidence, having the people around you and, and building a track record really helps to overcome some of those inhibitions. And I often say to people that I'm coaching when they say, well, I couldn't do that. And, uh, and I often say, well, who, who says you can't? Why can't you do that? Come on, mm. t- tell me why. And then when they start to talk to me about it, I go, hang on a minute, that's a limiting belief. That's not a prohibition. You can break through that glass ceiling. In fact, you have in the past, so keep going. I,
0: I must admit when sometimes, I mean, imposter syndrome, I think a lot of people that no, 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 I know, I, I feel a lot of going, why am I here? You know, why Why the hell am I doing this thing? And and one of the things that I've found is quite nice is um, when someone just says, hey, it's really nice that you're here. And I think yes. that we can help other people who feel that, even if they look super confident, just go up to them and say, I'm really glad you're here. That was really and you don't have to be over the top or crazy like that but you can just go you know what that was that was really good or i'm really pleased you're here before they do it and for me it goes oh my goodness then someone's acknowledged me and my place in whatever organization it is and it makes me feel so good so i I think we can all do something to help people can't we
1: yeah i think you're right tony encouragement is such a small but really powerful thing just saying thanks for what you said that really helped me Something simple it goes a long way. Fact, so, so we're we're talking about imposter syndrome. A lot of that
0: is about how we how we feel we could influence other people or how we deserve it. You talk
1: a little bit about the four filters of influence. So, yes. what are these? How interesting. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, well, influence is is really what leadership is about because if we mm-hmm. can't influence anybody, then we can't really lead anybody. And okay. and I I want to argue that influence to influence somebody really you have to have earned their trust in a way they have to trust you in some sense to follow you or to listen to you uh, and there there are four filters we we have a, a giant that we think are really important to unlocking that trust which right. enables you to get to either a transaction or even better than a transaction to to a relationship with somebody um so that there are four and and these are the four that i'd, I'd like to share with you Uh, The first one, they all begin with C, so they're quite easy to remember. That's Uh, useful. It is useful. (laughs) So I'll run through them quickly and then perhaps a little bit more detail. So first one is character, which is about integrity. Second one is chemistry, which is about whether people like you. The third one is competence, which is your skill set and credibility, which is about applying that skill set relevantly into somebody's world. Now these are all hugely important because in order to develop trust to the point where you can work together or do a business deal or um, you know have a really well functioning team, you have to unlock all four of those filters. So if you've un- if somebody's very competent but actually you don't really trust their character, it's going to be quite difficult to work with them. Mm-hmm. Equally, you may say they're I totally trust them they're a person of absolute integrity but I just don't believe they've got the skill set to really deliver yeah. on this you, you can't you can't go forward so you do these four filters are hugely important and what I often say is often people get to leadership positions on competence but it, it and I often say competence will get you there but character will keep you there So let's give an example of this. Let's think this through for a minute. I often think in our country, in the UK, we've had a prime minister in recent years called Boris Johnson. And Boris, very clever man, in many ways a very strong leader. But what has come out in our press, and and he's going through the challenges at the moment, is that during COVID, during the pandemic, he lied to the British public about having parties. And it's all come out. And it was a character issue. So he incredibly competent man making some very good decisions with some good people. That's that might be arguable, but character wise, he had a huge hole and in the end it killed his leadership. There was no way that he could with all integrity um, continue as the prime minister of our country after lying about it continually. Mm. It was a character flaw and it killed his leadership. And I often think of leadership in this sense. Character, I think, could be the most important one, but all are important. Um, it's a bit like um, a, a beautiful um, cruise ship. I'd, I've never been on one of these lovely cruise holidays. I'm looking forward to it when I get older. But you know, relaxing <laughs> on the deck on a on a deck. You don't chair. have to be old to go on <laughs> cruises. <laughs> maybe, maybe I've got that image in my head. Maybe that's another inhibition we could talk about. But well, anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're, we're going to book a cruise line. If anyone's listening who has crew, cruise liners, Stu needs to go on one. Let's that's, that's readdress that. Take me on
1: cruise, somebody. I'm yeah, upset. Up but the, if you can imagine one of these beautiful liners with lots of decks and swimming pools and everything, if it's got, it may look beautiful, but if it's got a small leak in the back, yeah. in the bottom of that boat somewhere, You wouldn't notice initially, you may not notice for hours, maybe even days, but slowly that boat's taken in water and eventually it's going to sink the ship. And that's what character does. If we don't work on our character and character, uh, it's going to sink us. Character, how would you define character? I love C.S. Lewis's definition of character. He's one of my favourite authors. He says, character is who you are when no one else is looking. Oh, goodness me
0: that's scary (laughs) it's (laughs) scary that's i just a lot of judgment came
1: in on myself (laughs) and it's hard it's hard because we we often think about reputation and don't get me wrong reputation is important (laughs) but reputation is what others think of you to a level character is who you really are and in the end who you really are comes out it may take some months or years but in the end the truth comes out so that i would say working on character is massive for any leader and particularly for leaders that are in very influential positions because they're incredibly competent they've got there through their competency they've built a track record of credibility i would say to to those leaders if you're not working on those pieces around integrity honesty how you treat people how you're living your life outside of the boardroom and, and, and the workplace those things eventually will sink you if you don't give mm. due attention to them tony i, I think to, you want to come back with that yeah,
0: yeah no it's interesting how would you how would you know you're not giving it enough attention i mean what are what are the markers i mean you go oh my goodness i'm not
1: giving my character
0: enough attention <laughs> how, how 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 would one do that
1: yeah, that, that's good. I suppose there's a number of, of ways. I think there's two things come to mind. One is that we all have a conscience anyway, and, and I think there's a, there's a moral conscience in us. So if we know that we are acting perhaps in an unethical way in some way, we usually know that. Even the worst of us know, oh, well, I, I'm, my conscience is telling me that, but stuff it, I'm going to carry on. You know, there's an element in which we say, well, hang on a bit, maybe I'll listen to my conscience because mm. actually that probably isn't morally right. So there, we all have, I think, a little inbuilt moral compass. Okay. You know, we all know that to trip up, an old, trip up an old lady on the bus is wrong, whoever we are, you know, that's just wrong. So there's something about that. I think there's also something that we gain from others. So if others have pointed something out to us, and and that's interesting because not all of us build around us those vulnerable relationships where we'll truly listen to what others say about us so you know being able to build a collaborative work environment or home environment where we can honestly take feedback and not get upset about it but receive it and say thank you that's hard for me to hear but thank you i'll i'm going to work i'm going going to take that away and think about it rather than losing it and going how dare you say that about me you know um, that I think can be a, an incredible way in which we grow and, and work uh, so, on so so we've got to make sure
0: that we surround ourselves with the right sort of people because otherwise if we get bad feedback then suddenly we've got the situation yeah. where um, we've being influenced by the wrong people so you
1: know in, in a yes. way what you're saying is we become the people we spend time with uh, I in in a way that's true and i i just I'd, I'd like to just hit you with a couple of questions that relate Go to this for because it. what i think we need to do is we need to create an environment around us where we're willing to lower our walls of self-preservation okay this is this kind of links into the brene brown vulnerability stuff that many people will have will have come across and what it's saying is this really i think there are three questions that we can ask Of ourselves, they're deep questions, but they really help us to grow in in these areas and allow these walls of self-preservation to come down so that we actually build really healthy relationships that increases our influence. So here's the first. Here are the three. The first one is, what am I afraid of losing Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: this relationship? Okay. what am I trying to hide? Uh And lastly, what am I trying to prove and to whom? Let me, let me unpack that a little mm. bit because they're, they're, yeah, they're deep questions. So, in my, let, let's put it this way. In my role as, a, as an executive coach and a, a leadership consultant, I'm often called in to work with a CEO or a senior team. And I'll be with them for a few weeks and I'll start to realise what the issues are. Now, the thing is, the CEO is usually paying me quite handsomely to sort the issues out. But sometimes and quite often, the issue is related to them. <gasps> no! Problems yes. with the CEO? Dude, honestly. <laughs> Can you I'm believe it? Shots Shots absolute shocker. And and then... That might be the case.
0: I've never known any CEOs who've ever had problems like that.
1: <laughs> and then, then, Tony, then I've got this dilemma because I'm like, this chap or this lady is paying mm-hmm. me and I'm about to tell them some really uncomfortable truths about them where they may go, well, Stu, thanks very much, but see you later. I don't want to hear that. G- Goodbye yeah okay or i go well hang on a minute who else is actually ever telling them this mm-hmm. and and, yeah. and actually i'm just gonna to have to be honest i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you what i honestly believe to be the problem and and i have to ask before i do that i have to answer the question what am i afraid of losing so here i'm i may lose my client they may go mm. Stu, you've gone too far i don't want to hear mm. that you know they'll know it's true But they're not prepared to work on it or they they're like well we're going to do other things to solve the problem we're not actually going to hit the root but uh, so i i have to kind of do that now when i have done that on occasion um well not occasion i if it it happens i choose to do it right when when i've done that there hasn't been a huge number of times when it's been really difficult but that have done it what i've found is is an amazing result i found that That honesty has been received really well. And the person has gone, yeah, I think you're right. Thank you for telling me that. I don't know what to do about it, but it's true. And then what I found is that over the next few weeks, we've gone past transaction and we're now in relationship. And now we're in a really honest relationship where we're working on the real issue.
0: I mean, one question I'd like to ask is when, when people when leaders get that or when when and when our listeners would would get that feedback which seems like a problem there's an issue there's something someone has told me that something i'm doing is not 100 percent right yeah how do you find the best or how could we then turn that into a learning opportunity so we've got the feedback we've gone yeah okay how how can we how can we learn from that how, what are the tools yeah to- one would use to just go right how do i just not be insulted or pushed back how can i then go okay no i'm going to lean into this and and use it as an opportunity to grow
1: yeah that is such an awesome question tony i have to say because most people can can get stuck or actually most people's probably phrase a lot of people can get stuck in that this is a problem and and what we're trying to say is why don't you Um, flip that and say rather than seeing a problem why don't we see here a learning opportunity okay and and i like to use something called core to help them through it c-o-r-e it's a kind of a methodology of working through a learning opportunity turning a problem into a learning opportunity so the first thing to do if you take it as an acronym the c stands for call it so what we're going to do is we're going to call it what's the learning opportunity here now, let's think about it. I, I had one recently, which I'll, I'll give you an example of, a senior team where they could, every time they met together, the meeting was really dysfunctional. And, right. and some one or two people would dominate, about three or four really good people would stay quiet, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't achieving what they needed to do. They weren't collaborating well. And they called it, they said, look, we are not doing our meetings well. Right. We want to get better at how we meet together. That was that was a simple thing. Call it. I say simple. It actually required quite a lot. Now, the next the next piece down is to go, well, hang on a minute. Why? What? what, Why is it like Mm -hmm. that? And that's the O for own it. So when you go to core, C-O-R-E, we've called it for C. Now we're going to own it for O. What what do we have to own here about why this is an issue? that we need to get right now Mm. I I often say to people that's the real nub because that's the bit that you can't rush you've got to spend time you've got to go into the rabbit hole you've got to go deep here on own it what is it in me that perhaps is causing this issue what is it about us that means that this isn't working right and and that's where you where you do a bit of that unpacking of the deep stuff once you've done that You then need to move to how, how, which is the R, which is respond. How are we going to resolve this? What's our practical step? And that's that's a sort of a strategy. It's a game plan. You're putting together the game plan of how we're going to resolve this. But my point is it's very easy for people to go straight to game plan. When they have a problem oh goodness
0: yeah oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do that no let's figure out why this happened first no it's, i've yeah. seen it so many times. i've done it myself oh can we just fix that you know and, and yes I, I think this also happens a lot to me in relationships you go straight to fix rather than yes. figuring out
1: what it is what yeah. exactly that's 100 percent. so it's such a great you get to respond <laughs> you've got to own it then yeah. you can respond then you can execute which is the when which is okay so okay. we we've, we've got a strategy we've got a game plan but let's put time scales to it so that we can actually do it sensibly so mm-hmm. what i would say is with with what's so powerful about core when it comes to a problem is it's turning into a learning opportunity and it's saying what that's the call it Why, that's the own it, how, that's the respond, and when, that's the execute. And that usually, I can do that with a team or I can do it with an individual. You need at least an hour, sometimes 90 minutes, depending on the complexity of the opportunity, and work that through. And, And sometimes we've spent nearly an hour on own it. And it, and it, but but stuff comes up, and then people go, oh, that's why we do this. Oh gosh, no wonder. And then you can address it really effectively and accurately. How how
0: do you get that first part? Because I know once you're into a method like this, oh, this is a core I can use that. How do you yeah. get to the point where you go, I need to call it, or or when is it big enough? Because there are so many different things that are going on. Where yeah. do I call it? I'll be like, I'll be coring all day. I'll
1: be, <laughs> um, how do you how, how yeah. do you know which one no. to pick? You are so right, Tony, exactly. So I think you have got to be really selective here. Okay. You've got to say, what is probably the biggest problem that we have that we want to turn into okay. a learning opportunity? So I it's it. what? what's our biggest business challenge right now? And let's work that one. So what I often do is if I'm working with a business or an organisation over the course of a year, I might say, let's do three in the year. Right. Okay. That's not a lot. But actually, solving three major business problems in a year—fantastic if we could achieve that, right?
0: So, so, so you can look back and go, "What am I? Where do I feel most uncomfortable, or where do I see where the problem maybe some of my team are diminished because of an issue, and you address that?"
1: Okay, I get that. Now. That's, yeah, that's it. And it, again, it's being intentional. It doesn't mean that we've immediately got the solution, but we're yeah. trying to find out why. And then we're working the problem and what i love here is that when you're doing it in a team setting everybody brings their superpowers to play because we're like we're, all, we're not saying you're the problem we're saying this is a learning opportunity and we're all bringing our skill set to bear to solve that and, res- and, and and come up with a great solution so it's, yeah. it's really it's really great to see teams working like that together
0: oh i'd, I'd love to see that one one, one of the things that just as you were talking i was going there are so many things and, and and i know i'm just um there are so many tools that you have one of the things that i i see a lot is where people um at all levels of organizations get burnout and yes. they're they're going oh i need to do this yes. and i need to do that and i need to get that and they're dividing yes. their day our gym and then our morning section afternoon section i do yes. things in like 25 minute segments and i'm constantly working because you know with the cost of living prices and you know, there's a challenge right now with funding. We've all got to work harder. We're trying to work harder, We're forcing it. Yes. How do we get into, how do we learn to rest? I mean, when is it right to rest? Cause people go, oh no, you need work life balance. You go, if I had a work life balance, <laughs> I would be on the street and you go,
1: and, oh, you feel it, you feel you'll be on the street. Yes. So how do you get that rhythm? How do yeah. we, how do we help with that? Yeah, and I—it's I, a great question, Tony. And I think it's massive for all of us, particularly in yeah. our digital age, where we're always switched on. You know, our ph- our phones are barely off. We've probably got a number of digital platforms. Especially you, Tony, as a connector, you've probably got multiple messages coming in on multiple platforms. And, yeah, and do we would... ever do we ever switch off? So I think it is a is a massive, um, massively important point. Um, what i i think we've we want here is i we have to work out what the goal is i tend to not use the word work life balance because i feel ba- that it's almost impossible to operate like that i kind of say how do we live an integrated life and how do we Just, blend well the different aspects of our life to remain healthy so that what 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 i think we're going for we have to kind of be clear here um we want i want people to be and i hope we would agree with this that we want people to be present with their loved ones so that they're not just always working but equally really productive in their working life so we want to, we want to be productive but we don't want to burn out but we want yep. to be present with the people that are most important to us in our life but not neglect yep. our responsibilities Absolutely. and and one, I mean, there's probably lots of ways of doing this, but one one tool that we found particularly helpful is something called the five gears. Okay. The five gears is a bit like a, well, it is a manual um, uh, sh- or shift stick if you're in America, uh, not your automatic car uh, gearbox, but imagine a manual with first, second, third, fourth, fifth gears and a reverse. Um, and what we what we say is that it's really helpful sometimes to think of life in terms of gears. So uh, let me let me quickly run through them. And then, Tony, you could you could pull like we could pull out a question or two on this. Firstly, fifth gear is focus mode. This is when you are focused on a task, your head down and you're getting on with it. It might be you're preparing for a, a big meeting. It might be you're writing a a, a speech, uh, whatever it is. It might be a bit of strategy time.
0: That's gear uh, five and I'd love to talk about that because I think that's one of the hardest states for people to get into now but I we don't have time for it now but I'd love um you know yes. if, if you were to come
1: back I'd love to talk about how you get and keep focus I I'd love to and yeah. Yeah, let's come back to that so we will cool. gear 4 is a task mode which is the which is really the reason we don't get into five very often which is where we're in multitasking mode and we're always um dealing with things uh, that might be emails, it might be a phone call coming in, might be a meeting we're going into. Even what we're doing now would be classed as gear four. We're doing things together. We're talking about things together. That's gear four. We, most of us wake up in gear four and we spend all our life in gear four. and And it's not healthy. And we'll come to that in a moment. Gear, oh, okay. three, gear 3, yeah, sorry Tony, don't <laughs> worry, right. I, feel, I feel slightly judged now, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> Tony, I'm the same, there's no judgement <laughs> here car, at all. My car when I started out only had four gears, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> third gear third gear social mode and this okay. is this was what was really killed off during the pandemic because we weren't able to ah. socialize like we would like to and this is when you're just hanging out with friends having a drink could be drinks after work it might be having a coffee with somebody or a group of friends and this is hugely important and to take it back to influence for a moment we're actually more influential in gear three than in any other gear ah. In a social context, as a leader, you have the highest level of influence. We can come back to that. You know, it uh, could would, be on, oh, just, just, just very yeah. quickly. Would you call that networking or
0: professional networking? Would you say gear three um, or networking? Social
1: yes, I would say networking is yeah. is a consequence of it. It's actually you're getting together just for something social to hang out. But you're right; it's it becomes a networking event. So it could be. Playing golf with some people, um, you'd right. be amazed how many deals Well, you probably wouldn't. Because you're aware how many I deals. Don't play them. golf. <laughs> um, yeah. um, no, absolutely. I'm I'm a terrible golfer, but um, it might be you know just having having a meal and a chat. It's often in those social moments where some of the most important conversations come out, and people decide in that moment I'm going to trust you. I want to move forward with you. So that that's that gear three is hugely important, and it's very hard for introverts because. Introverts struggle usually with social mode. They're much more comfortable in gear five and in some of the other gears. Um, right. So it, it's learning how to how to be healthy in all the gears. The second the second gear is called connect mode, and that's really when we're going deep with somebody. You know that that might be a loved one, uh, somebody we care deeply about. Um, uh, it might be a friendship, but it's not work related. There's no actual business work going on here. This it could be a partner yeah. going out for for meal for a date night or something and then then you've got first gear which is recharge mode which Mm -hmm. is when you are unplugging from it all you're doing something that truly is restorative for you recharges you gives you rest and energizes you and the last one is reverse and reverse is response mode which is saying actually sometimes i need to reverse back and say hey i got it wrong i'm really sorry i made a mistake and many of us think that we might undermine our influence by mm. by admitting an error, but actually, no. the yeah the stats go the other way that we actually that people respect us more by owning up and saying I got it wrong, I'm really sorry. Um, and, and and I love that that you
0: you you say it that way because I always see that that reversal when you have to reverse and say, look, look, I'm sorry. I actually see that it's a lot more beneficial for you as well because it it helps you self-reflect and and reset and and i think having that or having people point that out to you and having the people who 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 love or or care for you enough to be able to say hey you know what that wasn't right or why did you do that in the right way that you can hear it because if it if it comes in a way that is confrontational you just put up the barriers And I think it, it, it it takes a lot of skill to be able to get through. And I'd love to talk about that in a future one as well. How would you get into that form of space where someone can actually hear you without it just
1: impacting on the surface? And and we absolutely, Tony, we could talk about that on another, another occasion, Mm -hmm. but it's, I think there's a difference between a resistant leader and a secure leader and, and we've, we've got to all grow to be more secure. And that's a that's easily said, but quite challenging to, to do. We'll just do
0: that. We'll just diarize that for the afternoon, shall we, Stu? <laughs> yeah, we're not that often in half an hour. <clears throat> okay.
1: But now to come back to your your point about burnout, because it's hugely important. Yeah. Is with with the five gears here that the mantra is every gear every day, apart from on your day off. Some of you might call that a Sabbath, whatever, however you want to do it, whatever your background is. Um, so. When I'm when I'm when I'm off. So for me, Saturday is a complete day off. um, And that would mean that I wouldn't do any gear four or gear five. Um, I would do gear three. um, I'm socially socializing with friends, hanging out. Gear two, I I might be having some deep one to ones with my wife or or my children. And I'd make sure I'm getting some gear one in. But here's the thing. Gear one can happen every day. So if we're learning the rhythm of rest and recharge, and we're putting that into every day, even into our busiest days, we will have more resources, we're less likely to burn out because we're doing something that's restorative to us every day. So let me give you some examples. So I try and say to people, think about your whole year and break it down into daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually, and say, what's going to be my first gear recharge strategy for the year okay so midday midday naps, midday <laughs> midday, naps there you go. Okay. i love so, them <laughs> when it's possible and and okay. by the way sleep and power naps are definitely in first gear this is uh, so important. I, I need my nap
0: uh, don't, don't have a meter with me midday because i'm on the, side <laughs> the nap.
1: well you're <laughs> in good company tony because the nasa astronauts have oh, been really? told they need 24 minute nap apparently is the optimum midday oh wow and okay. it does truly rest- restore and recharge you so but- if nasa's listening i'm
0: up on that one i may not pass the others but you know call me okay call <laughs> you me. can become an
1: astronaut um, i'd love to god I <laughs> to become an astronaut it's okay. <laughs> so it's finding those on. finding those moments each day so for me uh, i i get up quite early And I I live, I'm quite fortunate to live near the river here on the River Thames. And I get my golden retriever and I go for a a lovely walk in the morning. Have a, for me, it's a time to pray. It's a time to just enjoy nature. Mm. And I get back early and I try not to have my phone on unless I'm listening to a podcast or something. I try not to do it. And I get back, have my coffee. And at that point, I'm in to the day and, and I'm, I'm going but on an average day if i'm not catching a flight or rushing to an early meeting in london or something that's brilliant if i've missed that i need to fit something like that in later on in the day if i possibly can that's useful. that, okay, that well, could be know. reading it could be the gym it could be a nice walk but i would say fight for that and we have to fight mm-hmm. for it tony because everything else is clamoring our attention you know the phone never stops the messages are coming in and you know the temptation again. It comes back to accidental and intentional. If we're accidental, we'll just dive into everything. that I yeah, think Slack, Slack, Slack
0: chat and WhatsApp are now <laughs> the new phone calls. My phone hardly ever rings, but yeah, <laughs>
1: Slack pings all the time. Same, same for me. So for me, I've worked out it's an early. It means I suffer with a little bit less sleep, but maybe I'll start having the power naps at lunch. But I get them. I get those mornings. I get that early morning, and that really recharges me and i'm like okay i'm ready Uh, and i don't get it right all the time i'm here to share all my mistakes but the reason this helps me is that i i got this wrong and as i shared Uh, at the beginning of this call um i used to come in from work to be with the family but i but i would still really be in gear four And I, I remember my little daughter at the time, she was about seven, I taught her this. I'd st- We taught the five gears to our family because we thought this would be useful. And I came in one day and she went, "'Dad, you're stuck in gear four, we're all in gear two. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. It really got me right in the heart. Um, so I think there is something here. I think there are practical things we can do, but we have to be yeah. intentional. And I think working out what is a healthy rhythm of rest for you mm. and sticking to it, fighting hard to guard it. We have to guard it and do it because it will enable you to go the distance in leadership. That's the distance, yeah. difference. It, it's about pace. The, and, this, yeah. this makes a
0: lot more sense to me than just saying work-life balance actually yeah. breaking it down into to different sections and then i can explore those um yes yeah. i i've utterly loved talking with you um there was just so many tools and i'm i can see there's a thousand more put tools <laughs> in your kind of in your in your tool bag as it were uh, but for for the people for people listening what if you had to break it down to just say look if you only did one thing after yes. listening um to me today what would it be no
1: yeah pressure. that's such such a good question and i think what i'd what i'd say is let's let's go back to what we talked about right at the beginning tony where we looked at the five circles of influence and we said uh, we talked about performing and underperforming but i right. think that the heart of it at the heart of this uh of, of getting things right as a leader is is about self and how you're looking after yourself. I often I often remember when I get on a plane, you know they they give you that none of us really listen anymore to the safety features, but they say if if the oxygen goes in the cabin, the oxygen yeah. mask will come down and they they say to you put your oxygen mask on first so that you can help someone else once you you know your child and that's very counterintuitive if you're a parent by the way Mm because you're thinking well i want to get my kids sorted first then i'll sort me because that's how we operate put our children first but actually they say no you've got to get yours on then you can truly help everybody and i think that's the message i'd want to say today i'd want to say look get intentional about about being healthy yourself as a leader get get the help you need if that might be that might mean growing in a bit more self-awareness it might mean getting a first gear recharge strategy in your life Um, it's working out what you need Um, it it could relate to something spiritual for you it certainly does for me but find what it is and and get that right because all the other circles in which you are going to influence and lead whether it's your organization your family your team your community will be impacted by how healthy you are and how you're living your life because in the end remember that little hole in the bottom of the boat It takes in water and eventually the whole boat sinks. So work on that.
0: I can't think of a final or better way um, to to end this. Stu, that's brilliant. I've, I've already got a whole bunch of things and I'm already thinking about the gears and everything like that. So, look, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Thank you, Tony. I've loved being with you. Thanks again.